Welcome back to Mishpachas, take two, where the faces and names familiar to you from the pages of the magazine come to life. You get a deeper look, a closer glimpse. Today's guest, Benny Friedman, saying his name brings a smile to my lips. I'm not even sure why. It feels, it sounds a little bit like Purim. Having a rant. Rebben welcome. Uh, it sounds like Purim. Product placement in the first... Uh... Thank you for coming in. L'chaim, l'chaim. Thanks for you having know, me. The Velt, they say fashionably late. I say Lubavitch late. This is a Lubavitch thing that is just in, uh, incapability of just being here. Because, because fashionably late would have been, but I... You did better. I did more you than... one up that. Yeah, more... L'fnim is sure I did more than what's necessary. That's what I did. That's do. very special. We're very <laughs> grateful for that. Benny, I have a question for you. If you don't mind. Yeah. I feel like, why aren't you out there more? Why aren't you releasing more singles? We don't hear anything <laughs> from you. I'm serious. Like, what? Just so quiet since your last album three years ago. You come out, didn't put out anything. Why? You laugh. Um, in Ertzisro, they, they asked me this question. For real? Yeah, for real. You haven't put anything out in a few years. I go, are you, are you serious? I, I put out every two weeks, I put out something. What? English? Uh, not, uh, so, you know. But you understand what I'm really asking. Um, I do understand what uh, you're the, asking. The sarcasm, I'm asking you, Leonard, you seem beautifully, and, and you have Baruch Hashem, many admirers, adherents, and fans, and I think across all demographics, but there's such a thing called overexposure. You're putting out a lot of stuff. You are everywhere. There, there's Boneolam and the Rebbeim and the Moras and Ukraine, and you just you don't stop. You know, every week there's a new single. Donnie Gross, Benny Friedman. What? How many books have you put out in the last year? This is not about me, this is about you. Another day, we could talk about me. Um, it's, a, it's an interesting question. I don't know, I think that in today's uh, um, overexposed world, right, where, where, where you post something on social media and its, and its shelf life is maybe six and a half minutes, right, until your yesterday's news, I'm not sure that there's such a thing called overexposure. Okay. People forget about things so fast you know, you know, so it's a little bit strategic, even. That means you don't pull, you don't buy into this thing of uh, laying low and popping up every six months or every year. Or I don't something think so. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't believe in it. You know, my father. I told uh, my my father once landed from a, a long trip, and he came to my uh, grandmother's house for some supper, and he had a meeting later that evening. And so he's like at the table. Showing signs of exhaustion, so my mother said, "Maybe uh, you cancel the meeting, you know, and get a good night's sleep." And my father went, you know, he grabbed his energy and said, "Hayem la'asoyisam," no pushing things off. Beautiful. So if you have a song, you have a project, you have an idea, you have a thing, you have to do it as fast as possible because Mashiach is coming. Ot ot, and and uh, you know what I mean. Then the whole thing changes. So, Kozman, we're here in Golis. It changes for you, for sure. You're a Kayan. That means even if you wanted to sing, you wouldn't have time. Um, um, Sheikh is coming. That's a, this, is, this is something interesting to me. The, the world is changing in the last two years, it, 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 like at a rapid pace, 50 years in the last two years of, of Rahman on tragedy, like we've never seen before, ups and downs. Does that affect the music? Do you, do you, would you say that that affects the, the sound that's coming out and the messages that you're producing? Um, it, the intensity it of did. life. It certainly did. Um, I, I, I never would have touched a song like a Yid Never Breaks um, before, you know, before 2020. 
I would I would have been morally opposed to it. You know, it's such a sad song. It's so it's, yeah, it it. it it, it may be Litvish, I don't know. It, it turns hopeful, but it's very dark. You know, for most of the song, it's very dark. And I'm against it. No, we're young, and we're hopeful, and we're not depressed, and we're, yeah, we conquered the whole world. And then we were pushed in a matzav of, uh, it's a dark time. The world went dark, the crowds dispersed. On the streets that were once filled with light But a brilliant light emerged from deep inside our hearts The shoes were shuttered and still But our prayers ring through our homes Instead of looking out for inspiration We dug deep and found strengths we've never known So it's a dark time that we are trying our very best to see the positive side of it, which is what that song is, is about. All the way down to, let's say, Nikolai, which is probably the most recent thing you've put out, right. which, which again is a response in real time. Right. Uh, yeah. Interesting. And also it's a, it's a, it's a Tsara, you know? Ukraine. Yeah, Ukraine and, and, and COVID. Uh, these are two things that was, wasn't like... Uh, like somebody's experiencing a tragedy and I'm going to make a song about it, which I didn't like. I got it. Um, but Klaal Yisrael together, you're experiencing it. I mean, we're all experiencing this together. Okay. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about Benny Friedman, if you don't mind. You know, it's my favorite topic. <laughs> Perfect. The, uh, you very much, you have that, that your father-son thing to you also. This, this like self-awareness thing. The, you do the that. sweater? The cardigan? I didn't give you a dress code. You could do, you do you. Um, although I have to say that I'm pleasantly surprised. Could have been worse. Well, I, I try. Yeah, I tried it. No, I mean, this, this is very, that's nice, uh, the healthy way you talk. That's very nice. Favorite topic is he's got. The, tell, me, tell me how we ended up over here. That means uh, you're a kid, not so long ago, in post Vilmasafta, uh, with a good voice. Everyone feels an you. And probably a little bit to, to the point that it probably you wouldn't have minded your own identity. I'm assuming this that you wouldn't have minded having another last name or being just being a regular guy and not always being. Is that correct? Like shoved into that. When I was a kid in Postville, um, and there's video documentation to prove this, I didn't have a good voice. Really? I just loved to sing. You never. I, I wouldn't stop singing. I wouldn't. Looking at the footage, I didn't have. A, I didn't have a good voice. I didn't have a good voice. Um, but I, it, I, I love music. I love singing. And uh, so I just did it all the time. And there were people there, for example, Shalmar Kherabashkin, who, who noticed it and encouraged me to his... Uh, right, just to, to be his, clear to the viewers, you, didn't, you grew up in Minneapolis. You went yeah. to learn in yeshiva in yeah. Postville from the Sifta. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I was in Postville for three years. And I would sing at the Shabbos table at the Rabashkin house. I sang at the Malava Malkus that he had every Matzah Shabbos. Mm-hmm. I sang at the, uh, the Lag Boemer uh, events that he put. He was always pushing me to sing. And looking at the footage going, oh, how did he put up with it? It's like... <laughs> Thank you.
we just sang together now. We just did a beautiful Shabbaton. We sang a whole Matish. Ah, it's beautiful. Anyway, um, so no, I don't think, I, I, I never, I never uh, was bothered by the fact that I have this name associated, you know, the, the name association, Adrab. Adrab of Adrab. Um, you know, it could be worse. Uh, it didn't, didn't you know, bother you, okay. It didn't bother me at all. And people say, you know, you sound like your uncle. I go, are you serious? I sound like my uncle? Shh, that's the highest compliment. Yeah. And it's the highest compliment, not, it's not even for me. If you told anybody in Jewish music, you know, you sound like Avram Fried. They go, no kidding. How about that? It's a fantastic compliment. Okay. You're getting all the love to sing. People are telling you you have little promise. And then what, you went out with your wife and said, I want to be a singer? Um, I decided I was going to try being a singer before I met my wife. I actually warned her about it the first time I met her. Now, could I ask you a question? I'm just curious. In this very chair where you're sitting not so long ago, your uncle sat, and he said, I would never let my kids be singers. 900 singers on the scene who had the same DNA as you all started because they're from something, but none of, none of your own yeah. kids are there. Yes, that correct. means everybody who's a Vamfried second cousin is putting out an album. They're doing good things, Baruch Hashem. I'm proud of them. And Chazdei uh, Hashem. But again, by Susie, I think, I, yes. Some of them sing better, some of them don't, but I wouldn't, it wouldn't interest me. You had no problem with that decision. Did you ask him? I asked him, and he told me the same thing. Okay. He told me, you're asking me my advice, I recommend against it. But uh, are you asking me my advice? And I said no. Like, it, it, Who, whose advice did you ask? I, your I father, ask. your mashpia? You... I, I, I spoke to my father about it, I spoke to my mashpia about it, and I spoke to my uncle about it. But I really, I wasn't asking um, for permission. Because it, it, I, in my mind, it wasn't a choice. It wasn't like, Hineni, Muchan, Umezuman, to become Should a I singer. Should be an actuary, a singer? Right. Or I got it. it wasn't like that. It was, this is what I'm doing since I'm... And it's and and if I know, and if I can if I can sing his public if I can make a living off of it, you know what I mean? Like this was the direction that I was going. So I was asking for help. I was asking for advice. I was asking for his, but I wasn't asking if. Okay. Um, what I wanted for my children, I, I think also, it's not for you, if it's a choice. Okay. Because it's not the easiest way to live. Right. I would love to talk about that, too. So, so you, you're going out with your wife and you say, I, I decided that I'd like to be a singer professionally. And she said? Um, I said to her, basically, I said, I'm, I'm, I, I believe that I'm looking into a future that is difficult. Why? Because, I'm going to try this. If I'm not successful, I'm going to be very, very heartbroken and very down. and Hard to live with. Hard to live with. And if I am successful, I'm going to be very, very hard to live <laughs> with. Harder to live with. <laughs> so, uh, you know what I mean? And my wife said, you're great at marketing. You should look into that. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, and she went with it. And she had, went with it, thank God. And you went to producers? You, put out a, you weren't doing events then, really? You I, was, I, was already, I was already working on my first record. I already... Uh, uh, Izzy Taubenfeld, all of us, if you remember Izzy Taubenfeld from Sameach Music, came across a recording somebody sent him of a dinner that I sang at, and he contacted uh, Avrami Gorari, 
It was, it was a, a Would it make you feel bad to say, I remember when your first album came out, that you were really just riding on the fact that you were around Fritz and Afia? No. That's okay. Yeah. I, I, I was thinking to myself, if I can convince people that I sound like Avram Fried, boom, I'm in the door because we all know already that people like the way Avram Fried sings. So you'll just be. That was a conscious. Avram Fried from AliExpress. Right. So, but I did, what I did do was I stopped listening to Avram Fried music. Wow. To, in order to like, I was listening to a lot of other music to try to adopt other knetches and tenuis and shtikis, you know what I mean? Because when I sang, I would sing exactly like Avram Fried. It was like a, a caricature. So I was trying to get away from that. To become yourself. Yeah. Um, but uh, I gave that up pretty quick. Went back, went back to... Went back to listening to Avram Fried, back where I belong. Okay, so you, you become a singer, and your first album was successful? Was it successful? It, I think it was. It wasn't, uh, it was before Yesh Tikva, right? So mm-hmm. it wasn't a uh, sensational, runaway hit. But uh, for, a, for a debut album, I mean, compared to uh, de- uh, some debut albums that came out when I came out together, uh, it, was, it, was, it was very well received. Um, it, didn't, it didn't hurt. But it wasn't uh, life-altering. Mm-hmm. And then came Yesh and that yeah. sort of. Yeah. It, it was the song. You'd say that uh, every singer would need that kind of song yeah. to make a career go to the next level, even if they have a great voice and yeah. great everything else. Even if you don't have a great voice. Really? It, but the right it, song. It's all about material. Wow. It's all about material. And a song like Yesh Tikva is a, is a, is a matana from Hashem. That doesn't come around very often. Can I ask you a question? Does, do you ever feel like, I'm not saying that this is the case, but I, I even know this from things in my own career, that when you, when you have a big success when you're younger, some people are always like, that's nice, but it's not that, so you're just living with your own demons that you created for yourself? You mean as far as... Uh, okay, it's a good song, whatever song you're making, but it's not Yeshikva. Right. You're, you're stuck right. with your own... Like, uh, my greatest success is behind me. Right. Right. It's, it's awful. No, I'm it's not saying it's the case. I, I'm no, it's an awful thought. It, it play. It, it. What do you call? It? it haunts you. It haunts you. But the vart is. It's very. It's a very hard avayda. But I heard Shmuley Marcus after uh, after he had the success of Yalili, in one of his songs in the next record. It said, "Don't let the hits hit you over the head." One of the lines of his songs. Don't That's let the, the hits hit you over the head. The hits hit I don't know what he meant. Wow, I I never heard that. But to me, it meant you had a, tr- a tremendous hit. Okay. Doesn't mean you can't do anything else ever. Wow. You could. Don't let it impede you. Don't yeah. let your success impede you. Don't let your hits make you a, a, a handicap. So I, the next, next song I had was Toda. Toda is a, a great song. When I did it, I knew it. It's not Yesh Tikva. It's a good song. So, so, you know, don't let the hits hit you over the head. It's a good song. Record it. It was, uh, it was like, uh, yeah, sure, it was a conscious thing. Uh, and... You were always only singing full-time? You never did anything else at Parasa? Yeah. Because that's, that's a very courageous and maybe others would say foolhardy decision to make. Yeah. Most singers don't start out doing it full-time. They, they do other things and they hope. Right. There aren't that many. It's a very small group of people who are doing it full-time. Um, I, I don't have know. The, the, the confidence and the... 
I'm not sure if it was confidence or if it was maybe just plain stupidity. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I, I it never, you know, even when, when I was struggling and, you know, it wasn't like, man, I should, uh, you know, I should What's get a resume. What's the Parnassa? Albums every couple of years. So what, the weddings? Uh, album is not Parnassa. Album is... <laughs> is investment. Albums, really? So the album is, is events? I know it says events, yeah. But there are, how many events could there be already? There's not, not, not a lot of concerts going on? No. Uh, you don't market yourself as a big wedding singer. I guess you do that, but that's the not... The bread and butter is weddings. Really? Yeah. And so uh, for sure in the beginning. For sure, uh, even today. Most, most of, of a, a singer, as far as I know, um, unless you're like a, a niche uh, thing, most of the income for singers, Hasidic singers for sure, I think, is weddings. So you do a lot of weddings still? Yeah. Do you enjoy doing weddings? Uh, most of the time. Yeah. I enjoy singing, right? I enjoy singing. And when, when all the pieces are in place, that means the sound is good, right? I can hear myself and it's the, good, the, the, the settings are correct. The oilum is into it. The band knows what they're doing. And I'm feeling good. Begashmias. It's 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 a the greatest pleasure. You love it. When yeah, things well, are not going great, then it's like like schlepping. Uh, it's it's work. like work for the rest of the world, right? <laughs> what the rest of us do, which day. is not what I signed up for. Evergood, <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk about this week. You were telling me a little bit off camera about your schedule this week. Tell me. Ah, my schedule this week was. When we originally scheduled this interview. Yeah. You said you're going to be jet lagged because you're coming back from Israel, right? Overnight. Right. I was supposed to land this morning back from Eretz Yisrael. I was supposed to be from Matzi Shabbos till this morning in Eretz Yisrael for a big concert that was going to take place on Tuesday in Yerushalayim. And um, instead, I was home this week. Because? Because uh, Chaim Kanievsky passed away Erev Shabbos. So we canceled the show. Who made the decision to cancel when? Um, I have a team in Israel who have been working on this concert for months and months with blood, sweat, and tears. Um, mostly sweat, um, and they made the decision. And of course, you understood right away that that was the right decision. I said right away. I was I was uh, sleeping. It was after Purim. I woke up in the morning, and I have a frantic phone call from my Ertistroldike Chaveirim, and they said, uh, "Soon it's going to be Shabbos over here. We're not going to be able to communicate. But just want you to know this terrible news. I hate to wake you up in the morning with this news, but uh, looks like." I said, okay, listen, it's Arab Shabbos, whatever it is. Don't make any decisions without consulting a rabbi. Call a rav, and whatever the rav tells you to do, that's what we do. So I don't know who they spoke to, but I said, uh, Matzah Shabbos is my flight. Send me a notification. I'll see it Matzah Shabbos. If it's thumbs up, I'll get on a plane. If it's thumbs down, I'll not get on a plane. And the notification Matzah Shabbos was... Thumbs down. So what Thumbs that means, down. just to talk this out, is that you had no jobs this week because right. you had planned to be in Eretz Yisrael. Right. So what did you do? You schmooze with your kids? You did some homework? I, uh, I got to know my kids, yeah. I, yeah, I got to know my kids bit. again. So people don't understand that part of your industry, which is that I assume that it's, it's minute to minute, so to speak. That means there's right. things like that happen. Yeah, things like that do happen. It's not often, right? It's, it's generally you have a schedule and you have a calendar. I remember a conversation can... we had at the beginning of COVID, and you, you told me that right. that was like a shock. You, you know, you right. you live one way and everything shuts down, yeah. and you count on these events. It's not a monthly salary that someone's paying you. Yeah, it was a. It was it, that was a very scary moment. It was like total wipeout. You know, just select all on your calendar, delete, finished. Right. I did one job. 
I came home like uh, a week after Purim. I had a check. I said to my wife, this is it. This is it. This check that I hold in my hand is the last check that I know that we have. After this, so what happened? I have no idea. What happened was that um, we, we got tight for a long time. I went on unemployment. You, you got a, also very skinny. You got the skinnier. Is that for that? <laughs> <laughs> well, that I, you know, when you, when you get COVID, you lose weight. And then when you recover, and then you're just sitting at home, you gain weight, right? Everyone, the, the COVID gain. So I, uh, like everybody, went. Um, but but the, the Hasidic music industry, thank you, Hashem, is very resilient. And I spoke to actually my uncle about it. He said, also his calendar wiped out. And he said, I said today, Bishter, everybody knows Parnosa comes from you. And it's very easy to say that when your calendar is full and things are normal. Okay, things are not normal now. Calendar is empty. Bonita, let's see. Let's see. Let's see you. Uh, you know, this will take talent. And Kachav, Debishter figured it out. Yeah, and, and, and like the industry changed, probably for the better. Um, all these. Singles, every, every uh, organization was doing online. Yeah. So, Bar so, Hashem. And then, Mitzad, live jobs. It's hard for people. I have brothers and sisters who live outside of the tri state area, the Brooklyn area. They don't understand. You know, they were in COVID, you know, Montreal. It's hard to even, it's hard to even imagine. But I'd say from Shavuos until Tishabov. Or maybe not. Maybe from Tishabov till uh, Rosh Hashanah time was like the busiest I ever was. It was, you know, you speak to people in the in the Welt, musicians, and this. So, let me ask something else. Out. Then we talk about post-COVID. A number of years ago, we sat down for an interview in Mishpacha, and you, you said to me, I don't know if we wrote it or if it was off the record or on the record, but now it will be <laughs> yeah. on the record. <laughs> Statute of limitations runs out of things. You said something along the lines of you had put out several albums already, three or four albums and you were like you feel like you hit a brick wall type of thing you're like i'm doing it it's okay it's nice but i want to be doing something different i want to be singing differently a different style from it i think you said like from a different part of you maybe in a different way you were just putting out kulana and i like then it was a new album and you were very nervous and hopeful and prayerful that it, it, you were, you were, had just started working with danny gross Daniela um and and you were trying something new and I would, I'm not a, a, a music pundit or anything, just an observer. It, it looks like Baruch Hashem worked out for you. It looks like Baruch Hashem, the, your career is in a good place. What, what, what was that about? What was, did it, it was like, well, you were here. No, like, what happened? Take us through that. Whew. Uh, very, very interesting. Yeah, I met Donnie, um, and, and, uh, and everything changed. <laughs> everything changed. Mamish everything. Um, first of all, Tzvi Silberstein. Um, I met him, and he schlepped me, kicking and screaming, to Donnie Gross. Basically, he hired me, right, to, to sing with him a duet. And he said, but the condition is that you record where I tell you to record. And I said, okay, whatever. You, you. I'm against it. You know, I record where I record. I'm very comfortable. But if, uh, you know, I mean, you're the boss. You tell me, you tell me. 
Shlep me to Dani. That was music. it. Yeah. Change Jewish music. That was it. Um, no, it, it's, it, I'm, not, I'm not being cute. It's not because you're sitting here. Baruch Hashem, you're, you're very... You know, people love you sing. Donnie changed Jewish music. Right? Let's talk about that for a minute. I'm, Donnie. I'm, I'm a Donnie fan, yeah. Yeah. yeah very much. Enough to be, uh, let's talk. Yeah, Donnie, Donnie's special. I, I was just listening to a, a lecture on Hasidic history of Hasidism just from a historical perspective. No shtick. History, what's ever documented. We can document historically Donnie Gross changed the face of Jewish music. Mm-hmm. Aish... Journeys now. Joey. Joey. He, uh, his fingerprints are all over what is today oh, Jewish music. Altogether, you see tr- this tremendous thirst for a certain style. I, I, you know, I don't have my phone on me. They make you take it off before we get mic'd up here. But somebody said a letter to Meshbacha today. I, I didn't see the context of it, but I would, I would love to read it to you on air. Something along the lines, uh, it was about end note about Jewish music. All these, what was, what is, the new sound. They wrote, There's a singer that never changed, and that's Benny Friedman. A, a random reader just came in on today's letters. That Benny Friedman is just true to who he is, true to his roots, and the style, you never, you never really bought into that we need to be like them to be relevant. You could be like us and be relevant. Well, you could be like us and be relevant but, to us. No, I'm saying Donnie, Donnie brought back a thirst. You see that other singers yeah. are trying to recreate that. Yeah. They're trying to go back. Jewish music is going backwards in that sense. That yeah. means it's sophisticated and the sound is better, but the style right. is going back to what, what we grew up with. Uh, Baruch, of Baruch, Baruch Levine, off the record. Right, I'm saying that type yeah. of thing. Yakov Shwaki did those with the days. You hear it again and again. You, you watch uh, Madcha and her family get up and they're singing. Right. The, you know, they, they were always consistent. But I don't want to talk about Donnie. I'm, we love talking about that. I want to talk about you. What happened? You almost, I would say, hit rock bottom in the way I saw it in your face then. And, and Baruch Hashem, you, you picked yourself up and, and just flourished, Baruch Hashem. What, what was that? You know, Tell I, me about the inner part there of was a There was a guy... There's a comedian who speaks about um, the this 12 people who, who walked on the moon okay. in the history of the world. Uh, Neil Armstrong. Armstrong uh, who? Okay. Uh, maybe it's, uh, one other guy that people know about. I can't remember his name now. But what about the 10 other people that walked on the okay. moon? This guy, his name is, I think, uh, Schmidt. Okay. His last name is Schmidt. He walked on the moon. Nobody knows who he is. Okay. So the guy must be thinking to himself, just says the comedian, what do I have to do to get famous? <laughs> I walked on the moon. Nobody knows who I am. So at that point, when I was sitting with you, I was like, I understand. Yesh is an international sensation. Ivri is through the stratosphere. What do I got to do to get famous? I'm not famous, but like, you know, there's a, to headline a show. A big show. No, you need to be. You need to be, be the top Opening, three or whatever. Right, right, right. You you know, face people negotiating big, my prices big, and right. give me a hard time about this and that. Like, oh my goodness, what I got to do there? To, you know, how much, what I have to do to prove? I, it was like, I felt like you said, I felt like I was, like my, my tires are in the snow and I'm pushing full throttle and it's just, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, that's a good Minneapolis, Marshall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I get Montreal, it. Montreal, you understand. I get it, yeah. Um, so that was the feeling that I was feeling then. Um, then I uh, started working with Donnie, and Donnie uh, says some principles. First of all is Sipuk. You need to work on projects that you enjoy working on. No doing projects just because you think this is a good business move. Uh, because if it, you're doing a business move, 
you'll hear it. You'll hear it. You're not into it. You don't love it. And, 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 and then you don't enjoy your life. Why sit hours and hours schwitzing over a project that you don't actually care for? You're just doing it, you know, sipuk. If you love it, let's do it. If you don't love it, don't talk to me about it. Which is a, a, a tremendous life-changing for sure. principle if you live by it. If you're able to. If you're able to. Right. And, and musically, you know, it's, it's much more sensitive. If you have a job, you have a job. You know what I mean? People love their job. People don't love their job. It is what it is. Musically, you're trying to create something that comes from your soul, which is another Donnie principle. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Donnie uh, uh, emphasized something that everybody, I think, understands, but he takes it to another dimension. Music needs to move you emotionally. Music needs to move you emotionally. What moves you emotionally? The vocal. The voice singing the song is where you will touch the person on an emotional level. So the first thing that you need to do is, is find the perfect spot where the singing will be emotionally evocative. If you don't find that, you have nothing. If you don't find that... No matter how good the arrangements are, the voice... You're throwing money down the the drain. If your neshama's not there. With technology, we could edit every note, we could break things down. I always tell, you know, a singer, sometimes a singer sings, I'm like, that's great. They're like, yeah, it's like, you know, it's it's off tune. I said, tune, pitch, we could fix a little bit. I can't create heart. Singer's not singing with emotion. He's not singing with feeling. I can't, I can't create that. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll come to that point, but at this point, we can't do that. So. <laughs> so you have to find the right key. You have to find the right tempo. You have to find the right song. And you have to, you have to, uh, you have to, it has to be, the singer has to connect with the song. So those four ingredients it has to be the singer, the song, the key, and the tempo. Everything else, pirusha. Yeah, everything else is details. You think everything fell into place for you once you bought into that? I think so. Falling into place. No, but, We're but still but working I mean, on it. Uh, does being a Babacha Chassid help your career or hurt your career? Being a Babacha Chassid is, is, the, is the whole bracha. It, it only helps. It only helps. I remember my brother was living in, in Brooklyn. He'd just gotten married, and his first baby was born with Down syndrome. Um, and in New York, you have all types of help, and you have all types of services and things like that. And he was offered a shlichus opportunity outside of New York, and he wasn't sure what to do. Um, so he asked my father, have a, a, a baby who needs a lot of services and this, uh, you know, therapies and things, and I can move on shlichus where it will be a, a lot more difficult, a lot more expensive. And my father said, I don't understand the question. Shlichus is the bracha. Not staying away from Shlichus is not the bracha. He went on Shlichus? And he went. To where? To Cleveland. And oh. his son is doing fantastic work, Hashem. It's a mysterious nefesh. No, nobody yeah. said Shlichus is, uh, is a walk in the park. Shlichus yeah. is a mysterious yeah. nefesh. You're a Babach Chassid, but you, I'm not saying others aren't, but you, you really, there's not even a genre that I can associate with you. Baruch Hashem are able to, you could sing Israeli like an Israeli, you sing Hasidish. I think you've done events for Hasidim where you don't even sing English songs, real Hasidish events. In Lakewood, you're, you're a household name, Baruch Hashem. I don't, I don't know that anybody gets around like you do. And Baruch Hashem, like the, the Esther Malka of, of, uh, 
of Hasidic music, Baruch Hashem. Did everybody good with you? Baruch Hashem, thank you Hashem, I don't know. Uh, what genre do you see as your own? Uh, modern Hasidic music, I don't know, uh, whatever that means. Would I you sing, want to do a Lubavitch album like Avram? I would love to do it. It would probably be a little bit different. Avramel, um, first of all, I'm always uncomfortable calling him Avramel because my grandmother was always, don't call your uncle by his first name, you say Fetter Avramel. Okay. So uh, with that disclaimer, I'll say Fetter now, and it goes for all the Avramels that I'll say. He was part of the Vad of the Baal Menagnim in, in, in his uh, affinity, his feelings for Chabad Nagunim is very, very different from mine. Mine is as Kilo, a little kid, observing it. He, he was in the Smetana, in the... Sure. Um, right now, like online back uh, uh, recordings are, are, are surfacing of him singing, like the first uh, renditions of uh, in the Nagunim that they made for the Rebbe's birthday, or whatever right. it is. Um, so he's a, a much more of a purist than I am. So if I would do... Uh, Right. If I would do Chabad, uh, Chabad collection, Bezrat Hashem, it, w- it will be different. What will it be? I don't know, but it will be probably different. And, and one final question. Do you feel um, that... I thought we just getting warmed up. Uh, this is part one. Oh, okay. Show, which I'm going to do it again. <laughs> you know, yeah, time because of the hate. <laughs> do you feel, like you started your career, it was like, okay, he's just riding on the family name. He's riding on his good DNA to make himself relevant. Uh, we don't know that if, you know, if your last name would be something else. Lavdaf could be where you are today. Do you feel like you've answered that question, like you've put it to rest? The, the fact that, unless you were born at the top of the mountain, so you benefited from Easy Pass. Do you right. feel like you've, you've taken care of that? Um, I, I, I don't know, because I don't have a problem with it. I don't mind it. You know, uh, I, you know if, my, uh, if my name was, uh, was, uh, was Salavechik, and I became a, a, a big Rosh Hashiva, uh, you know, I'm fine with that. Uh, you know, if you compare me to my uncle, uh, uh, the, the, the Rav, that's fine. I, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't mind it. <laughs> I don't mind Just it. Just give me the microphone and let me sing. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. And if, if, and if I can, if I can sustain it for, uh, for an extended period of time, uh, thank you, Hashem. Looking forward to, to what comes next. I have no, no doubt, better that your greatest successes are ahead of you. Thank you for coming in. Chaim, Chaim. Chaim, Benny, thanks.